This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is entitled, What God Thinks About You. Our battleground is our thought life. Many of us are wrestling with our destiny because we entertain the thoughts of the enemy. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I want to invite your attention today to the book of Jeremiah. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open to the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. And there's one verse I want to, very, very familiar verse. It's not a new verse, but it's speaking to me today. And I felt inclined and, and encouraged today from God to speak to you about verse 11 of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Let me read that again. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Wow. Praise God. I want to talk about... Um, I want to talk to you about, I want to talk about what God thinks about you, what God thinks about you. This is, this is an important topic to have because uh, the truth of the matter is many of you are wrestling with your own self-esteem and you're wrestling with your own purpose and your assignment and your destiny. And, and the reason many are wrestling with it is because the enemy has place thoughts in your mind that God doesn't love you, God doesn't care about you, God uh, is trying to hurt you or harm you, he's trying to pay you back. And I want to take some time and just take a look at this, this, this passage here today because uh, it, it addresses that matter. Matter of fact, Jeremiah has been uh, given the assignment and the, the mantle is on him uh, to preach to a people, the children of Israel, while they are in a circumstance and situation that they don't particularly like or care for. I bet you there's some of you that are in situations and circumstances that you don't like. Uh, many of us don't like, to, we don't like being in the middle of this pandemic and in the middle of, of having to wear our masks and having to get this vaccination or, or we, we don't, we just don't like the matter of our circumstances. And that's the situation with the children of Israel. They are in the middle of a circumstance that they don't like. They are in a foreign country. They are in exile, imprisoned, and they're upset and mad about their situation. And they, they are complaining to God, and Jeremiah has the assignment of preaching to them. But God, he also, Jeremiah also prays for them and talks to God on their behalf. And I thought today that we would uh, spend some time and just delve into this uh, point uh, about the children of Israel. They, they are in exile. They are in, exi they are in a foreign land. And here's another thing they're upset about. They are not in control. <laughs> See, some of y'all like to control your life, but they are not in control. And, and as quiet as it's kept, uh, you really truly are not in control of your own life. Uh, God wants us to recognize that we're not, we, we don't have the assignment of trying to control our life. So they are challenged and they are discouraged, they are weary. And I'm talking to some people here today and I want to talk to those who are weary and frustrated and, and concerned about your circumstances and your drama and, 
and, and what's going on in your life that you don't particularly care for. It is in the midst of that circumstance that Jeremiah writes this, this book and it is verse 11 that has elevated itself and speaks to me today and I want to speak to you about it where he gives us some insights into the heart of God. God, he, he writes what God tells him to say. God says to him and, and tells him to say, and verse 11 jumps off the pages at me today. It's revelatory. It's insightful. It's powerful to me. It, it helped me, at a, this verse 11, helped me at a season of my life when I felt unloved, unwanted, depressed, frustrated, suicidal. I had a string of things going on in my life and then verse 11 popped off the pages at me and spoke to me. And God says, for I know the thoughts that I think about you. I, I know, I know what I think. And, and Kenneth Omer, the pastor of Faithful Central Bible Church in Los Angeles, California, helped me out uh, when he talked about these thoughts. And, and these words, thought, this word thoughts in, uh, in verse 11 has three meanings. Kenneth Omer defined it for me. He helped me understand the word thoughts has three meanings. The first one is the thought means it's, it's an accounting term. It's an accounting term. It means that when God has evaluated his, your life, he has calculated uh, the value of your life. It's an accounting term. It, it means this. When he says the thoughts that I think, the thoughts that I have towards you, God is saying one, one of the meanings of this word is I've calculated your value. Woo, that's powerful. Y'all missing a great spot to say amen. God says, I've evaluated everything about your life. I've looked at everything. I've, I've checked it out from beginning to end. See, see the, the problem you all, you, that we have is we haven't seen the end. We haven't gone all the way to see the end. We only know where we are up to this juncture of our lives. But where you are today, this is not the conclusion of the whole deal. I particularly need the young people to know that you ain't, you're not even halfway through your journey. You're still wet behind the ears. You're still young. You, you, you got a whole future in front of you. But God has already evaluated and calculated the whole value of your life. He's accumulated and counted it out, and you have value. It's an accounting term. That's what thoughts mean. But it's not only a, a, an accounting term. It's also, uh, this word thoughts is a military term. It's a military term. When God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, uh, it's a military term. It, it means this. Here's what a military term means. Uh, it means that God has looked at the battles that you're going to have to go through. And, and how many of y'all recognize that life is full of battles. Life is full of swings and knocks and bruises and ups and downs. And, and God says, you're not going to lose. That, that, see, I get excited when I think about that. God says, I've all, when I, I have thoughts, I've already looked at the conclusion of the war. I've already looked at the end of the fight. <laughs> I've already taken a look and a peek and, and, and I've determined that we're going to win, that you're going to win. I, 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 have, I have already seen the, fact, the, the, vic, the, the, the battle, and you're going to win. You're victorious. Somebody needs to look at themselves and say, I'm going to win. I, I know the devil might make me want to make me feel like I'm going to lose, but when the truth is told, I'm going to win. I need to prophesy to somebody here right now and tell you you're going to win. You might look like you're behind. 
You might look like you're losing. You might look like you're going to be defeated. But by the time we get to the end of the story, by the time the fight is concluded, whew, go on and preach, Pastor Jenkins. By the time, I'm, I'm about to preach myself happy right now when I think about it. When I get to the conclusion of the battle, when the end of the round and the end of the fight is over, I win. And you will win. And so when God says, I know the thoughts that I think, that's what you have to remind yourself of, is that God knows the end of the battle, and at the end of the battle we win. And you win. You win. You win. You win. Even though you might get knocked down, you, you might get bloodied and bruised, you, you, you might be on the floor at times, but guess what? You will get back up. <laughs> you will regain your strength. You will come back, and at the end of the journey, you're a winner. I, who am I preaching to today? You, it's, it's a military term. And here's the third thing it means. When God says, I have, I have, he has many thoughts about you. God has so many thoughts about you. They are, they are, they, he's calculated the value of your life. He has considered the end of the battle and you're going to win. But here's a third thing that uh, these thoughts mean. It means, it's, it's an artistic term, artistic. It, it means, here's what it means. Whew. Man, this is such a profound word. It's, it's an artistic term, and, and here's what that means. It means that God is weaving and plaiting together and putting it all, wrapping it all in together, all of the elements of your life, so that when it's all done, it's a beautiful blanket. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful picture. It's been all intertwined and weaved together. And, and that's, oh, that's exciting because there are some things that may appear to be disconnected in your life and irrelevant and don't add up and don't mean anything. But God wants you and I to know that the elements of your life, everything about your life, the good and the bad. Romans 8, 28 says all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. He's weaving it all together. And I look back over my life and I think about the things that went on and occurred and happened during the course of my life that didn't seem to be relevant. It didn't seem to add up. But I know now, as I look back on stuff that happened in my life, some of it decades ago, I see how they add up and how they play a role in helping me be the pastor and the man and the husband and the leader and the father that I am today. It all weaves together. Somebody better understand that God is I am preaching better than y'all are saying amen. God is weaving it all together. He is, is, it's an artistic, and when it's all done, it's a beautiful picture. When it's all done, it's a beautiful creation. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful blanket. And that's what God is doing with your life. It may seem to be unrelated and unimportant, but it's, it is important. He declares that he knows the many thoughts his thoughts are artistic. His thoughts are, are, are for you to win. <laughs> he has thoughts about you that are so amazing and so fantastic that he's got thoughts that are going to cause you to come out on the top and cause you to, to everything to add up and make you a winner. That's, keep that in mind. When the devil is talking to you and making you think that your life doesn't matter or your ministry doesn't matter or your job doesn't matter or, your, or that you don't even matter, that devil is a liar. That's why I want to punch him in his face. I want to kick him, kick him in his... Kick. Let me leave that alone. I, I, I just want to leave that alone. He, he is a God 
that has many thoughts about you. But it, it doesn't stop there. He says, I know the thoughts that I think about you. And not all, matter of fact, there's so many in Psalm 139, jot this verse down. Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18, uh, he says this, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I, look at this, verse 18, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. Y'all see that? If I should count them, if I should try to calculate the thoughts that God extends toward me is more than the, the grains of sand, it says. Psalm 40 says this. Look at Psalm 40, verse 5. Let me read that. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts toward us. They cannot be recounted to you in order. He, if, I, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Did, did y'all get that? We can't even count the thoughts that God has toward us. We can't calculate them. We can't. That means it's more than a million. Hold up. It's more than a billion, more than a trillion, more than a quadrillion, more than a quintrillion, a septrillion, an octrillion, a noctrillion, a dectrillion. That's a whole lot of thoughts. It's more than we can calculate. It's more than can be put on the calculator. It's more than a computer can add up. That's how much God is thinking about you and me. You're not an afterthought. You are not an afterthought in the plan of God. You are right there. I know the devil wants you to think contrary to that, but you are right there. God has those many thoughts about you. I feel a shout coming on me right now. And I think about all of the time and all of the efforts and all of the, the space when the enemy has tried to frustrate me and discourage me and, and tried to make me make choices that were, the, that were contrary to God. When I think about that, when I think about all that God has done for that, I am grateful and I am thankful and I give him the praise and the glory and the honor that he thinks about me. He cares about me. Hold up. Not only does, does he think, has many thoughts about me, God has specific thoughts about me. Somebody say specific thoughts. He, he has specific thoughts. That, that, that when I say specific thoughts, it too encompasses three ideas. Let me tell you what these ideas are. These specific thoughts that God has. This is the magnitude of, of how God thinks about us. First of all, uh, it means that when I talk about the specific thoughts that God has for us, it, it means first of all, underneath for that, that he has plans and intentions. Plans and intentions. He's got plans and he has some intentions for us. He's mapped out your future. He knows where you're going to be next week. He knows what's going to be the big things on the agenda of your life five years from now. He knows where he's ultimately going to take you. And that's exciting for me to know that I don't have to stress out about my future. I don't have to be stressed out about where I'm going because God's already got it covered. Some of y'all are stressing out about, about, matter of fact, here's, here's what God says. Don't even worry about tomorrow. Take no thought about tomorrow. God has the capacity to take care of the birds of the air. Don't you know he has the capacity and the will to take care of you? And he will take care of you. He's got plans and intentions for your life. Not only does it mean plans and intentions, it also means devices and inventions. Devices and inventions. That means that whatever you need, 
for you to get to where God's going, for you to accomplish what he destined, what he has mapped out for your future, whatever is needed, if it doesn't exist now, it will exist by the time you get to where you need it to be in place. Woo! Preach your own pastor. Y'all, excuse me, I, I get excited to know that we serve a God who's amazing, a God who's fabulous, who will invent and put in place whatever needs to be in place. Y'all need to put that, y'all need to count that, y'all need to put that in. Here's an illustration. Let me give you two illustrations that I've used before. A, a fella named Peter Houghton was given three weeks to live in June of 2000 due to a defective heart. But a man named Dr. Robert Javik, Jarvik invented the permanently implanted artificial heart uh, that was implanted in this man when he was 68 years of, life, years of age that enabled him to continue to live even though uh, decades before if it happened to him he wouldn't have been able to live. But yet God created the ability for uh, that invention to be made so that he would have it to accomplish some things in his life. Y'all need to think about the things that God had to invent that maybe were not in existence 100 years ago or 50 years ago so that it enabled you to be who you are, do what you do. God will invent whatever needs to be invented. Invented. My, my wife's mother, Juanita Pratha was her name, was born with an upside down stomach. She, she was born uh, with her stomach inside, upside down. And when uh, uh, she was born and they discovered her stomach was upside down, they did surgery on her, Juanita Pratha, Trina Pratha's mother. Uh, they, Trina Pratha Jenkins' mother, they operated her on her on the operating table to turn her stomach upside down. And while she was on the table upside down, uh, them doing surgery and turn, turning her, slow down, Pastor, and turning her, her stomach upside down, she died. She was dead. The doctor said she's dead. It's over. So they took the, the, the little fetus, the little baby, and just tossed her to the side and told the nurse to clean up. And while the nurse was cleaning up, she heard a whimper from the dead baby. Y'all not listening to what I'm saying. Wait, wait, here's what I'm shouting about. I'm glad that God created a nurse that was sensitive enough to a whimpering baby who had been declared dead and went over and saw that the baby was not dead, called the doctors back in, and I'm giving God praise because God knew I would need a Trina Jenkins in my life. And so God created a nurse who was sensitive enough to hear that baby's whimper. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. God is going to create whatever needs to be created for you in your life. He will create de de devices and inventions, and I might as well add to that, and some people. Let me keep on. I'm almost finished. I got to hurry up. I only got five minutes left. God will also, that, that, that this, this, this speci the specificity of what God thinks about you also means he has purposes and plans. Now, this, this is the third time you hear me use the word plans. I used it in part one. I'm using it twice here in part two. Plans. It's very important for you and I to recognize that God has plans for you. He has a plan for your future. And it may not be evident at the moment. You may not see it right now. 
It may not come crystal clear to you with the drama of what your circumstances are right now. But put a circle around Proverbs 29, 11 in your, in your Bible. Memorize that verse. Hide it in your heart and remind yourself of what this says. God says, I know the thoughts. I, he got many thoughts. He's got specific thoughts that he thinks about you. And, 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 and that fact is he's got plans for me. Yes, I'm going through hell. Yes, I got fired from my job. Yes, my spouse divorced me. Yes, I got kicked out of school. Yes, I've done wrong and got, had to go to jail. It doesn't matter what your drama is. God still has plans for your life. Hallelujah. I, I, I get excited about that. I, it makes me want to shout. It makes me want to run and give God the glory. I'm excited about that. God does have thoughts and plans for my life. Let me close. I got to hurry up. I got to rush through this. I wish I had time. I'd spend some time talking about the fact that God has defined purposes and plans for my life. Here's number three. Here's my third and final point, that God has good thoughts about you. Good thoughts. I love this verse right here because verse 11 says, God says, I have thoughts of peace and not of evil. He says, I got thoughts of peace. And not of evil. I, God is saying, I've got thoughts to do good to you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to frustrate you. I'm, try, I'm not trying to kill you. <laughs> I'm not paying you back. That devil done told a whole lot of y'all and convinced you that God's trying to pay you back. And you're going through what you're going through because God's going to pay you. He's trying to pay you back. Hold on. Newsflash. Newsflash. Breaking news coming in right now. God not trying to kill you. <laughs> he not trying to pray you back. Breaking news. We, we interrupt this program with some, uh, some breaking news coming in. God's not trying to kill you. If, if he was going to kill you for all you did, you would have been dead a long, long time ago. That's not in his nature. It's not in the nature of God. It is not uh, a part of his M.O., he doesn't pay us back. He does not reward us according to our iniquities. Isn't that great news that God doesn't reward us according to our iniquity? He says, I got thoughts about you of peace. I've got peace going towards you uh, and not evil. Uh, I've got a future and a hope, he says. I love that. He says, I got thoughts of peace, safety, well-being, prosperity. Uh, I've got thoughts to bring victory to you. I've got thoughts that's going to bring hope to you. I'm not going to reward you. And he says, I have for you a future and a hope. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but you have a future. And you have hope. You've got a destiny in front of you. So stop letting the devil convince you. Stop letting the devil, don't listen to his lies. Let me, I was telling somebody this. Oh, Lord, excuse me. I was telling somebody this yesterday. I was telling them uh, the battleground our battleground is our thought life. This is, this is our number one battleground is the way we think. The, the devil will plant thoughts in our minds. And your problem, our problem is we entertain those thoughts. We entertain those de demonic lies of the enemy. And, and, and the moment you have the capacity or the ability to be able to, 
to, to think better, to think positively, and to rebuke those thoughts. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, jot those verses six through, 3 through 6, jot those verses down. I'm not going to read them, but 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 6, jot it down. You have to seize those thoughts and take command of those thoughts and reject those thoughts and cast those thoughts out. Because the enemy's battleground is to convince you that God don't love you, God doesn't care about you, God's trying to hurt you. But I want to shout aloud to you today that God has thoughts about you. As a matter of fact, God loved you so much and thought so much about you. He knew that you would fail and he knew that you would be a sinner and he knew that you would miss the mark. And that's the whole reason that before the foundations of the world was created, he had a plan to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. That's the whole reason Jesus came because he knew we would fail. And Jesus came and died on the cross wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities, and he died on the cross for our sins. That's the great news. And if you put your faith in him and your confidence in him, he will wash your sins away and he'll cleanse you and he will establish a relationship with you. That's great news, saints. That's incredible news. Wish I had time to go on and talk about this, but that's fabulous news. It's amazing news that God thought so much about you. He thought so much about you before you were even born, before your parents were born, before the world was created. He thought so much about you that he came up with a plan to redeem you. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. God wants us to recognize that we are not in control of our lives. He has many good and specific thoughts about you. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.